All right, that was off the books. <laughs> <laughs> no one heard what we just said here. Is it recording? Now? It is recording. We are live, guys. So let's start this in five, four, three, two, one. What's up, guys? Welcome to episode number fifteen. Yes. Wow. I'm your host, Jason Manorinter, and I'm your co-host, David Liu. And today we got the man of the hour. <laughs> uh, we got Nawaz Damji. Nice. Is that how you say it? I call you Nav. I know. It's easier. But you said I'm the only one that calls you Nav. Very few people. <laughs> people try to learn how to say it properly. So I'm like, why am I only calling you Nav? So I think I'm going to start calling you Nawaz. It's yeah. Navaz. That's the problem. Navaz? Is it Navaz or yeah. Nawaz? No, the W screws everybody up. Oh. That's why. That's why you don't. I don't even bother correcting people anymore. It's like whatever. <laughs> so it's it's Nawaz. No, it's pretend Navaz. the W is a V. Navaz. Oh, it's Navaz. Yes, Navaz. Navaz. but it's spelled N A W. Don't even ask me why it's spelled this way. I've lived with this for forty plus years. <laughs> so cool. yeah, I I didn't even know that till today. Yeah, I always wondered that. I'm like. Okay, it's it's spelled N uh, A W A Z, but then we just call you Nav. So I'm like, how do we get that from that? But <laughs> that <laughs> makes why. sense now. But yeah, Nawaz is the owner of Equium Group, and uh, before we dive into Equium Group, I just want to give you guys a little background history on how I met this wonderful person here. <laughs> <laughs> Being kind right now, let me tell you. <laughs> uh, so I think it was about. I, so I used to work for Equium Group. That was about f- five, six years ago. And uh, I remember I, was, uh, I joined Maxwell. I wanted to get into property management. So I just asked like, the reception lady at the front there. I was like, hey, who does like, a lot of doors in property management, right? They, they're like, oh, this guy, Navaz. And I'm like, who the hell is Navaz? So they gave me, <laughs> they gave me his number, and I tried to call this guy for like two, three weeks. Couldn't get a hold of him. Finally, got a hold of him. We met uh, at I think Tim Hortons. Tim Hortons, and uh, I was like, "Dude, I got to work for you." <laughs> Remember that? I was like, "Do you have any spots available or anything?" And uh, like, did you open up a space for me, or like, how did that happen? It was just random. Like, I was. I needed to find someone, and you just phoned, and I'm like, okay, perfect. <laughs> perfect timing. Let this guy walk into it. Yeah, that was a, it was a good experience, but yeah. It was a tough job. It was a tough job. We, a tough job. We, we were doing, like, I don't even remember, over 100 doors, managing it, just me, you, and... How long ago was that now? 15. 2015? Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's when I got into real estate. Yeah. Dude, that's when you joined Maxwell also. Yeah, I, I just joined Maxwell. Yeah. yeah, us too. Yeah, 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 because I was working in commercial real estate, and then I went off on my own. And the only place that would take me was Maxwell. Oh, okay. like there's not a lot of brokerages where you can do like this level of property management just out of the brokerage. Otherwise, you have your own brokerage, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So we were there, and I lasted a year. I was like, oh my god, what the hell is this? <laughs> Dude, I had to hire someone to work with me, and at that time, I was doing real estate mortgages and property management. So. Yeah, that's how I know Nav. We've kind of stayed in touch with each other. And he freaking blew this company up in the last couple of years. Five years now. Yeah. Five years, right? 
And yeah, now we are here and they've now created a division, a real estate division for us called Equium Living. Yes. Um, which we just partnered up with them. So we are so excited to do that. So yeah, let's get started here. Before we get started, let's talk about all these awards that you've had. <laughs> we have a list here with Equium Group. So 2019, ranked third best workplaces in Canada in the Globe and Mail. 2020, ranked second best workplaces in Canada in the Globe and Mail. Uh, ranked top 10 fastest growing company in Calgary and one of the fastest growing companies in Canada by Canadian Business and McLean's for three consecutive years. Whoa, McLean's. Never heard of that. That's a big business magazine. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, ranked top 10 fastest growing company in Calgary and one of the fastest growing companies in Canada by the Global Mail report on business for two consecutive years, 35 full time employees. When I was there, it was, yeah, it was like five, yeah, five, five ish. Yeah. Top property management company, consumer choice award, 2019 and 2020 for Southern Alberta, over 1.5 billion total real estate assets under management. Over 4,200 units managed, which encompasses 12% market share in high-rise condos across Calgary. <laughs> That's crazy. Dab's getting bored. <laughs> <laughs> we tell this story all the time, right? Yeah. Like, every time we meet a new client, it's yeah. like we go through this whole list, oh, yeah. like, between the letters we send them and the follow-ups. Like, we go over this all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're not even done yet. <laughs> we're not done yet. 1.1 million square foot of square of commercial real estate including downtown high rises and one of the largest business parks in calgary okay and now you guys created equium living for us a real estate division partnering with yyc real estate group yes <laughs> how does that make you feel hearing all this well it's it's been it's been really good like we you know we've been growing from the day we kind of left our careers behind in commercial real estate and went off on our own and mm -hmm. it's you know, there was a little, there were times where you were like, is this the right idea? <laughs> like like the, the day I left my, my last day as a career, per, like a person with a job and a salary was mm -hmm. like October 31, 2014. Damn. So you know what happened after that? Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. Like the next six months, like everything we planned evaporated and I <laughs> planned for years mm -hmm. to leave then. And then it all disappeared with the market changing. So let's, okay. let's, let's talk about 2014 and what you're doing before everything, before you ventured off, um, into, I feel like there's so many avenues with Equium Group that we'll dive into, but what were you doing before uh, 2014? And like, where, you, where were you born? Like, where were you raised in Calgary? Yeah, yeah, so I was born in Toronto. Parents, oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah, so my parents brought me here in like, uh, like late junior high, mm -hmm. and then lived in Calgary ever since, went to UFC, everything else. What's your background? I'm East Indian. East Indian? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Smiley. What'd you go to uh, UFC for? Uh, I did business and economics at UFC. I did, like, finance and econ. Nice. Um, like, I still, I'd still pick those two same degrees. That, like, that's how, I, like, how I've always thought, which is, like, when I got there and classes were like, oh, this all makes sense, I was like, yeah, I belong here. Yeah. <laughs> so I would still take the exact same program today. Yep. Um, it's just, like, one of those things, like, people who are good at building things should really be getting to engineering, and it's, like... It's not like, oh, your parents wanted you to be a doctor and you suck at science. Yeah. <laughs> right? So, yeah. Typical, so just, a, typical yeah. Asian, yeah. Uh, Asian parents. Yeah. 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 No, it's me. Yeah. <laughs> totally fit how yeah, I thought. Too. So, like, from the day I got into, like, my senior classes until today, I still think exactly like that. So, it was, like, perfect for me. 
but right out of school, right out of U of C, they, um, like Oxford Properties, which is a, a large commercial landlord in Canada, mm-hmm. were looking for like, you know, people to bring into the industry like right out of school. Mm-hmm. So they, yeah, they, they were looking at U of C at Haskane grads for like an intake management program where they'd kind of teach you the ropes of commercial real estate and grow you in the organization. Mm-hmm. So they picked me off right out of school. I started like part-time while I was finishing my degree. And I was there for eight years, got a few promotions. So you were doing commercial leasing? No, commercial property management. Commercial property for downtown? Yeah, eventually. So did you partner up with like a lot of people? Oh yeah, 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 like how many mortgages can one person get, right? Because you can can only get so many before you're starting to get B mortgages, which kind of kill the deal, right? So we started joint venturing with a lot of people. Uh, They were, you know, the qualifier. Then we started getting people to put their own down payment in because we showed them, look, we're just going to do the work and refi out your money. So, like, we're not even going to put our money up. You mm-hmm. put your money up, and we're going to show you how it's done. So we did that even on small multifamily buildings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it was working really well. And then, you know, I, one day I just recognized, I'm like, my property manager, who I had full, a full-time property manager for my portfolio. Was that me? No, no. <laughs> this predates you. Oh. This is when I was still working. Okay, okay. So I was looking at my property manager and paying them a full-time salary, and then my realtor's making like 100K in commissions, and I'm like, between the two of them, they're making more than I am. And yeah. this is, like, I tell them what to do all day. Like, yeah. look at that. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, you know, I planned like months in advance. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go on my own. Mm-hmm. I have enough cash coming in for my rentals and my sales and everything else to, to like, be more than my pay so mm-hmm. forget it i'll go do it myself and so <laughs> the funniest thing like literally the day after i left the market collapsed and all my cash flow disappeared oh, you're not buying in 2015 at the rate know. you were in 2013 or 14 so all those commissions dried up so it's like literally like suddenly there's no money yeah <laughs> but you know just luckily um you had a really good management model a lot of people had approached us to manage on behalf of them in the time that I was working. Because when I was working, I couldn't manage third party. Mm-hmm. I had to manage my own and that's it. And I did it through an employee. Mm-hmm. But you know, as soon as I was off on my own, there was all these opportunities to take over management. So we started growing that business. Like, you know, some of my commercial clients, right when I gave notice at Arcturus were like, well, you know, if you're leaving, we'd be interested in seeing a bid if you're going on your own. So I bid on some of the clients. They, had, they asked, so we bid and we won. And so, you so know, you, when you left Arcturus, this is when you started the commercial, like doing your own Equium Group. Yeah, so Equium Group, we started as like a real estate holding company for all these rentals in 2011. Mm-hmm. Okay. But then in 2014, it had grown to a point that I could, I could support myself at least and maybe another employee. Yeah, yeah. So 2015, you start doing commercial uh, management. And then at that time, you also have your real estate division of like property management for residential yeah is that right yeah is that when we met yeah that's yeah. when we met yeah, yeah. Much. that's when you came to maxwell yeah yeah hmm. and then so 2015 comes your commercial i left i think i, I had a year with you <laughs> there's like 10 years in, in your yeah. mind yeah it, it was, was only like, a year it, dave man this yeah. was this was a Gong show. They threw I me know. in the in the thing. Hey, but I, I did pretty good. I think it's not bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. you're not the worst employee. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I promise you. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's funny because I was talking to Jason during that time, and he was still doing mortgages, and then he started doing the real estate, and he told me he was doing property management, and I was like, man, you got to focus on like one of them. Dude, you can't be doing all three. Good. You're going to be spreading yourself way too thin on that. So yeah. residential property management is a tough job in general. Just it it really is like. You know, the commercial guys will tell you it's low brow and the residential guys will be like, it's way harder than commercial than they mm-hmm. don't know. But residential is, is a tough 
job just because it involves people's lives and involves like you know you get into domestic abuse and mm-hmm. death and murders oh and dude break-ins yeah. and yeah. like all kinds of like personal stuff and yeah. it's just like that can hit you sometimes so it's it gets there like it, it's way more emotional oh so much and that's so what much. i find in the residential real estate it's way more emotional mm-hmm. than it was so, on a commercial base so so emotional there uh, most of the time the tenants are only calling you f- to complain yeah <laughs> no one no one's calling up their landlord's agent and be like thank you so much yeah for yeah not raising the rent today dude you're putting out fires yeah, yeah. all day man. my fridge know. doesn't work yeah, yeah. The, the washing machine's yeah. leaking it's it, like it's a shit show <laughs> it's, it's not an easy it's not an easy job for anybody yeah. for sure i'm not even saying there's an easy job for me like yeah. it's a tough job yeah uh-huh. and like you know people who are good at it they they grow a second skin i think yeah 100 yeah, percent. they do and you know we could now offer actually property management services that's that's why um that was another thing why we moved over with you guys right because yeah. i feel like you guys are definitely forward thinking right um yeah so you guys we're 2016 now 2017 when did you guys get into the residential they get them a condo the condo, yeah, the condo. because yeah. yeah now you're doing commercial you have your real estate other side and now i think most of these like awards is from build is it from the building a lot, management a yeah. lot of our expansion from 17 through kind of half of 19 was condo uh but we tripled commercial last year too Shit. so how'd you guys get into yeah condo yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. so throughout the process and why like you guys are so like <laughs> everywhere man holy shit man. actually 17 was an interesting year because we launched our own mutual fund oh crazy and did condo at the same time it was a very hectic year. <laughs> Look, at the end of the day, we were looking to we were looking to grow. Um, a lot of the commercial market is closed off because it's institutional, right? Like everything Oxford owns, they manage. Everything. GW, what do you mean institutional? So everything that Oxford owns, yeah. they manage themselves. It's oh, every, yeah, it's everything. So they own the building. Yeah, and oh, they manage. Okay. Everything GWL owns, okay. they manage. Everything Brookfield owns, they manage. Everything mm. even strategic owns, yeah. yeah. they manage. Yeah. So like. That eliminates a lot of the downtown high-rise space, which is what we were born into. Like, we grew up doing high-rise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's what we thought the universe of the market was. Mm-hmm. So we didn't have a lot of opportunity, we thought, in getting commercial. Because, like, literally, okay, two-thirds of downtown is institutionally owned and institutionally managed. Yeah. So, so why, would, why would they contact you? Yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. the one-third that's left is, like, every other third-party company is fighting for it. And some <laughs> of them have national relationships with the asset managers. Mm-hmm. So, like, it was pretty – it felt like a very closed market. Mm. And in some ways, maybe, maybe my eyes were a little closed. Maybe I was a bit naive on that point. But, you know, there is opportunity to grow in third-party commercial for sure. Mm-hmm. But um, condos – Condo was even easier. It was really easy. And um, I don't say the business is easy, but picking up assets is easy because the competition is not there. There mm-hmm. are no tier one condo management providers in the city. And I'm happy to say that. Like, I agree. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, you ask any realtor yeah. Yeah. how yeah. they feel about the service they get from the condo manager, it's you'll nice. hear about it. I'm, yeah. deal- I'm dealing with one right now. I'm trying to get an email yeah. to confirm that this pet is allowed in this property. Oh, no, it gets, it gets better because <laughs> now they've, they've gone to the extent that they add to their signature, your, your email will be responded to within two to three business days. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. like if they answer, yeah. right? Like yeah. So there's no tier one service provider in it's condo. Crazy. So we were like, 
we, we always looked at condo because people kept coming to us like, oh, will you manage this? Will you manage that? We're like, mm, I'm not sure. Like being in commercial, you think the reason that condo is mismanaged is because they don't have the money to manage it properly. You think, okay, we're institutional assets, commercial, they have the money to manage it properly. Condo doesn't, so they cut corners and then they're mismanaged buildings. Mm -hmm. But that's not the case at all. So, you know, after one after another, clients kept coming to us saying, hey. But how, what was your first? Uh, University City. Oh. Yeah. That's and, a big one. And yeah. How, yeah, that's like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's like huge. 400 plus doors, isn't it? No, actually, oh, when you count all five towers, it's 730. But we started with the first phase, which was 430. Crazy. Holy shit. The yellow building? Or? Yeah, yellow and orange. Yeah, so, yellow. like, how did you. Oh, yeah. How, how, was the, how did that transition happen? Oh, where? that took a lot of convincing. Because, <laughs> like, that's, yeah. if that was your first one. Mm -hmm. Like, how did you enroll everyone to... Yeah, to, to so it was, a, it was actually a many-month process. So, yeah. like, at the end of the day, we, you know, like I said, people kept coming up to say, hey, will you manage our condo? You're interested in bidding on our condo management because there's no good condo managers. Mm -hmm. And so we were like, no, no, no. We had this uh, thought in our head that it was mismanaged because they didn't have money, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But one day, University City was looking for, you know, a, a new manager, and we were like, well, this is a, you know, 200,000-square-foot building mm -hmm. it's just like a commercial asset like scale wise why wouldn't it work so mm -hmm. we sat down you know we we got the financials for the building you know on condo papers mm -hmm. and <laughs> we, we dissected the financials backwards and forwards and we were like there's definitely a way to do this properly yeah so you know we we went in there and we were like look if we bid on this building we're able to put a full-time manager on site replace a lot of these contracts with like on-site staff so we tripled the staffing in the building without increasing the cost that's crazy so you can imagine the service differential right mm -hmm. but to convince them to come across the line took months yeah like i had meeting after like because it's a big board mm -hmm. they're like why we were gabbling on these guys who've never done <laughs> condo before in their lives yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah we we Lit, I, I think I went in there and I was like, I'm going to give you a deal you, that we will never give to anyone ever again. Mm -hmm. I'm like, we will do this contract for the next six months. And if you're not happy, we'll refund your fees. Oh, shit. shit. We're like, yeah. that's how confident we are. We, we will beat anybody at this. Yeah. You know your product. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We were like, because it, we were, a f there's the, the fee itself doesn't have that much room to move. So everyone's kind of at a very similar fee point. But we're like, look, at this fee, we're going to put a person on site. We're going to restructure all the other contracts to put more people on site that are qualified to do this work, not just customer service people that are running around not, not with no clue of how the building operates. Mm -hmm. And we're going to do all that for a market fee, like the same as everybody else, and I'm giving you six months. Mm -hmm. So if you don't think we can do it, fire it, and I'll cut you a check for your management fees. That's Go crazy. Ahead. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. You put it all on the line there. Our, yeah, yeah. our senior management team was like, they're going to fire us in December, and you're going to have to give them like tens of thousands of dollars, <laughs> like 10 grand, 20 grand, 30 grand, something back. And I'm like, it's not going to happen. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we crushed it. Like, we found them hundreds of thousands of dollars of savings. We tripled their staffing. Mm -hmm. The building's well run. They had no reserve funds. We, like, increased their reserve fund from, like, 50 grand to, like, I think six, seven, seven hundred grand. Shit. We didn't. The fees have been stable at three percent a year. Mm -hmm. Like we crushed it. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, we retrofitted the entire building with no cost. To them all of it changed to LED. No cost to the building. You know, the electrical performance is off the charts. Like they have money in every account. Mm -hmm. It's ridiculous. They that's have crazy. six finger bank accounts. Yeah, that's like, a no, like a, that's like a no brainer at that point. Yeah, exactly. Like there's no. There's no feasible way to re replicate what we did unless you have a commercial background. Like, mm -hmm. So we used, we used commercial building operators. Those people are licensed by state to work on the equipment. We mm -hmm. used licensed property managers, a lot of condo So you used a lot of your commercial yeah, staff exactly. and brought yeah. them in. 
Okay. So we did. We used our commercial expertise. Is what we did. We mm-hmm. had to hire new staff because our guys were maxed out. Like they're doing the jobs they had. Mm-hmm. So it was a whole new team that we brought for Condo, but it was. It's based on the ideas and how we manage commercial. Mm-hmm. So like everything we did in commercial, we do in condo. Nothing is different. Mm-hmm. And that's a big difference between when you worked here. Because residential kind of like sputtered off running like it, it always has. Mm-hmm. Whereas condo was developed from the ground up with the idea that it's going to be run like an institution. Mm-hmm. So we provide condo boards the same, st- the same things we would provide our institutional owners who own like these office buildings, these business parks. The same level of service, the same thing. So you get, you know, four business hour response if you email us. Mm-hmm. You get two business hours for the board. One hour, any anywhere in the city, one hour emergency response. Our staff will be on site dealing with the emergency. Like, That's crazy. No condo company can compete with us. Dude, and, and you guys are doing something that I've never heard of with any management company is offering free condo documents. Yeah, that's I, awesome. You know, I told the first that's board. Crazy. Yeah. I told the first board this. Yeah. And now a couple of <laughs> a couple of companies have it as well. Yeah. But I I told the first. Because they rip you off, man. Yeah, it's yeah. a total it's rip off. Five hundred dollars a pop. It's yeah. a cash grab. Like Ten documents. When it's I a, sold my unit in Keynote, first yeah. service charged me fifteen hundred dollars in condo docs because you have <laughs> the you have the parkade board, oh. you have your unit uh, your your unit title and your storage unit. So they charge you like fifteen hundred dollars in disclosure statements and estoppels. They charge you like you know so thousand much. bucks in yeah. docs. Yeah. Like they're ridiculous. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. So it's a, I just told the board, I'm like, Condor Docs are a cash grab. Like, we have unlimited ca- cloud storage. They're your documents. Mm-hmm. So you're telling me I'm going to charge you to host your documents? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't make any sense to us, mm-hmm. right? Like, we, we provide a fair business. If we do work, we're going to charge for it. A lot of our fees are ad hoc, um, but we provide a higher level of service. So, yeah. you know, nobody really disputes our billing on that front. Yeah, exactly. You're getting like a commercial grade service at a residential level yeah. that a lot of people aren't used to. Because yeah. in Calgary, I find that a lot of the buildings are poorly managed. And that's why condo fees are always going up every year. They're they're going up. I don't get it, man. And it's yeah. like, where are those fees going to? It's like, oh, we're, we're upgrading security. It's like, well, why didn't you do that before? You well, know? The, the biggest problem right now that condos are having is that the insurance market is so bad. Like, oh. so like they're pre- like if you do the analysis there's more money being paid in claims that's coming in premiums. Mm. So that's not sustainable, right? So the only way to address that is they're going to increase insurance. And like we have had buildings with no claims that go up 30 and 40%. Mm-hmm. So it, that's the biggest issue right now for buildings. Like forget about mismanagement of capital or anything else. Mm-hmm. These insurance hits are going to keep coming. Mm-hmm. And that's why the condo fees are going up, mm-hmm. right? So you got 2000, in 2017, you get your first taste of Condo. condos. What happened? Because you just probably went after all the like. How did you? How did you build your portfolio? Like we didn't actually um, really go after any condo. We actually turned down some large bids after that because we really wanted to figure out how to do it properly. Mm -hmm. Like after our first year of University City, we were like, okay, ours is our model is clearly better than what's out there. Mm Because we own condos all over the city, you yeah, know, yeah, you've managed yeah. them. Yeah, yeah. And so we've been in, we've been interfacing with these condo managers as a client yeah. for years, for 10, 15 years, and they, they all suck. Yeah, We're yeah. like, forget it. We yeah. can do this better. Yeah. So after a year, we took the other half of University City, and then onboarded that. When we onboarded that, we did it again. You know, use their existing budget to add on-site staff and cut contractors. Mm-hmm. And so you know they you know they too are performing much better financially and operationally. And once we saw all this, we were like, we need to really get in gear on our business development because, 
even today, which is funny to say, even with all this growth, all of our business is word of mouth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We don't have ads on Google. No. We don't have any of that. Every I don't single- even think you guys have an Instagram page. No. Yeah. No, <laughs> no. I just tagged you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, actually, it was, uh, actually, it was Equity and Living. Yeah. <laughs> Do you guys have Equity and Living now? I We're going to have to now, right? Yeah, I just saw We're it. We're going to create one for you guys. <laughs> so, yeah, like... Yeah, because you guys have no social media and other things. So like sometimes I would ask, like a lot of times when I'm in a bit, I'd be like, where did you hear about us? Like, where did you get our name from? Mm -hmm. And so now we have one consumer's choice a couple years. Like I see where people are finding us like that. That makes more sense. But Mm -hmm. yeah, there was sometimes I'm like, where did you even hear that we do this or that we're around? Like it makes no sense. That's good. So yeah, we want to, we want to expand further, of course. So, you know, we want to get, how do you guys, Everything um, from 2017 to now has just been word of mouth. Pretty much, yeah. And Actually, 100% has been word yeah. of mouth. 100%, 100%. And then as it's been growing, how have you guys dealt with like this rapid, like, because you guys have all these awards of rapid growth and all this stuff with the company. How, how have you dealt with that? Like, it's, how not, you- it's not easy. You know, at the end of the day, it's all about, you, you, you need to evolve your mindset. Like, honestly, like, if you're going to do things the way you did them last week, last month, last year, you're going to get nowhere. Mm-hmm. And we've really noticed that this year because last year we did 300% growth. Mm-hmm. We have, you know, 20 new employees full time. Yeah. And like yeah. even, you know, our senior management team, even me, I have to evolve my mindset about how I do Like, you know, what I, do you mean evolve? Like just always. So, you know, you were here when yeah. we were involved in, 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 when we were managing that first kind of hundred doors of residential, yeah. like how much time did I spend talking to you about our, 100 doors of residential i don't think you ever did well we were always on text and email oh yeah 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 right yeah, like, yeah, so we were yeah. always talking about that yeah yeah but like that you know that same mindset and process won't work we were ta- we were talking in the business about all the properties yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah, yeah all the time yeah, so yeah. like if i spend that much time on that size of the portfolio how do i expect to do one 100 times its size mm-hmm. right so you need to change how you do things you got to change your tactics you have to change your strategy you have to change your mindset right like it's all like even now I'm kind of using, you know, strategies and mindset that I had a year ago. Well, we're three times the size we were a year ago mm-hmm. and they aren't functioning. So I have to re I have to reexamine what I do. So we do that through like, you know, mentorship. You know, I meet with, uh, you know, on a C- I'm on a CEO form. Oh, do you have a mentor right now? Yeah. Oh, crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's important. You yeah. have to have these yeah. things. Otherwise, you're kind of shooting in the dark. And these people have gone through the same thing. As you. Why are you going to go reinvent the wheel? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like on my CEO form, we'll each bring problems that we're seeing in our business. And everyone will give us like what their thoughts are or how they've dealt with similar situations in their business. And you try to adapt that, that thought process, mindset and experience to improve your game. For sure. It's all about evolution because as the game changes, you also have to adapt with the you game. You have to. Yeah, it's like you'll, war. <laughs> you'll, you'll be left behind. Like yeah. if I was doing what I was doing six months ago, we're going to be left behind. So mm-hmm. I have to up my game again and again and again if I want to have, if we want to have like explosive growth, 100, 200, 300%, it's not going to happen doing the same thing you did last year. It's just mm-hmm. not. Yeah. Definitely evolve your mind because I felt like, you know, because um, remember I had the cleaning company? And like we grew that so fast too. And yeah, I didn't have a mentor or I didn't have someone to be like, what do I do with this? <laughs> you know, <laughs> it was I just grow? evolving and growing. And I was so in the business that I it, like eventually I left it. Right. Because it was just too much. But it, I feel like your partners, yeah. like we met, we were using them, right? Oh yeah. Like, yeah. They oh, yeah for Airbnb's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They weren't ready to evolve their mindset for, yeah. for, for more growth. They yeah. wanted to do things the way they always did. Them. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was, that was a huge yeah. conflict there. Yeah. So how do you expect to go do 10 times what you did? Yeah. Yeah. Using the same mindset when you had like, you know, 
went 10% of the visit. It's impossible. Yeah, it's yeah. not possible. When did you realize to adjust and, and evolve like that? So some like always it's always i always put there's a lot of luck this you can work as hard as you want yeah. but like if you're gonna get struck by lightning or hit by a car when you walk out of the building today yeah yeah it's some of it is luck yeah. i'll tell you the truth yeah. so you know i was meeting with a client up in britannia and i bumped into another ceo i know and he was like how are things going i used to you know i used to he used to be a vendor of ours and he was like how are things going and i told him what i was up to and he's like well you need to join i'm trying to put together a form of ceos where we can go and exchange ideas i'm like that sounds great. And so I started meeting with those guys in, uh, in late 18. Mm. And, you know, I, like a lot of our business lines I shed. Like, you know, we used to do all those acquisitions and renovations. Yeah, yeah. I shed that line completely because, you know, I was looking for something with more scale. So then mm -hmm. I focused on something with more scale. Like oh. we were into yeah. construction project management. We were into suites. We were into this. We were into that. We had so many different lines. And it was like, well, all the profit is coming from here. Mm -hmm. yeah. So like shed all this other stuff or put somebody else on it oh. and like, let's keep moving. So yeah, a lot of, a lot of good thought process came from, you know, talking to that CEO form. Mm -hmm. I reached out to, you know, somebody who had, you know, really huge growth in their company in my family mm -hmm. out in the States. Like he had one of the fastest growing companies in the United States oh. uh, for years. And so I reached out to him and I'm like, look, I need help. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. so he convinced me to quit my job and, you know, push my business all in. Like, yeah. so mentorship, uh, talking to, you know, like-minded individuals, peer group, these are all things you can do to upgrade your mindset because honestly, it's so easy. Even where we're at today is not where we want to be. And like the only way to get to that next level is to evolve our mindset to work. We can work as hard as we want, but we're going to need to work hard. We're going to need some luck and we're going to need some help. Yeah. 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 That's crazy. That's kind of like what Einstein said too. It's like, if you're doing the same thing over and expecting a different result, that's insanity. Right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, you have to think outside the box and, and also, uh, like meet with people that have been, that have done it because you'll save a lot of time figuring it out compared to uh, doing it yourself. Yeah, when you're in the box, it's hard to think. Of, you know, everyone says, oh, think outside the box. Yeah, you, I'm in the bloody box. I can't think outside the box. But that's why you're reaching out outside of yourself, right? Uh -huh, like yeah. you can't do it all yourself. There's no way. And like talking to people, like I, that's another thing. Like most people, I'll make time for, you know, a coffee to chat about their business or chat about, you know, what they're doing in their jobs or whatever. And sometimes it doesn't go anywhere. But a lot of times people give you an idea that kind of germinates and grows into something else. So like always make time for meeting with people, chatting about their business. Mm -hmm. it, you know, it's a 20 minute coffee. You're gonna go for coffee anyways. Mm -hmm. Might as well use that time effectively. Yeah, exactly. For sure. You know, this has always stuck with me with you, Nav, is like you're always, I feel like working. <laughs> <laughs> Right? Like, I thought I worked, yeah. but this guy is like, I don't know, you're on another level. Like, what motivates you and how do you continue to push yourself? Yeah, you're pretty crazy, man. If, I think people that have worked with you know that, right? Like, that you, yeah, your work like, ethic is pretty crazy in a good way. Yeah, in a good way. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I have dinner with the kids for sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, I put them to, we put them to bed most nights. But other than those times, I work. And How many hours would you say you're, you're working a, a day? <laughs> I say I work from 7 a.m. to 10 or 11 p.m. And then, you know, like I said, I'll take two hours off to In have between. dinner. Yeah, 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 two hours off to have dinner with the kids and put them to bed. But, yeah, yeah 7 a.m. to 11 p.m., most days you can count on me being around. That's crazy, man. That's I'll start discipline. Yeah. I'll start checking email around 6.30. Um, but, yeah, like people know that during that period, you could reach me. No problem. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Um, your culture. So you guys, you guys have uh, awards for 
best workplaces. How would you describe your the culture here? Well, you know, it's we're we're a results based kind of company, right? Like people know there's opportunity. Like we've had people who've come come from super underemployed or unemployed, mm-hmm. working as like a starting line employee that are now managers and have doubled their salary, right? Like there's opportunity for people who want to work and people like that. We we do screw around a little bit. Um, you know, we're 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 pretty big partiers, which you guys are gonna see. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> We're having a big party tonight. I'm so excited for it. Work hard, play hard. Yeah. We're yeah. pretty big partiers, so you know we get into kind of fun stuff like sometimes. But yeah, we're we're very we're a work like a lot of people who who like work that like to like a lot of us uh, kind of who run this company. We we like working. Like I like to, I like like some of the sure everyone doesn't like to do the mundane everyday tasks, but when we get to deliver like a home run like mm-hmm. i renegotiated a contract for a client yesterday saving like two grand a month and they're selling in the same service like i'm like dancing around in my living room when i when i explain this to my wife like mm-hmm. those <laughs> <laughs> i like to hit i like to hit for sure like i like to go out and hit and people here most of the people here like the same thing mm-hmm. and so because we're, we're we're all around the same age we're all kind of that mindset we all get along we like like people party a lot so mm-hmm. You know, that's, I think a lot of that culture comes from that. Like when I won the award two years ago, one of the people at the award ceremony is like, well, how'd you get that high up? Because they, they kind of sit you at any table. And they got, some of these guys picked up their award at like 103 or 150. And we're like third. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I still go for drinks with everybody on my roster. Like yeah, I have like yeah. all of 20 employees. Yeah. Like everyone, we can go out for drinks on Friday and just get, you know, ripped yeah. and have a good night. Yeah. So like, <laughs> if you're not a company like that, like, yeah, you're not going to have the same kind of like relationship yeah, with yeah, these yeah. people, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember when we were like five or six people would be running around the office shooting at Nerf guns at each other. But, you know, you don't want to put anyone's <laughs> eye out. You have to worry about legal and HR nowadays. But yeah, yeah it's it, we still have a little bit of fun. And I think that that's the reason. So how, how do you guys hire your your people? Do you screen them a lot or we do all kinds of things. So like we've had a lot of people who haven't fit as well over the years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's been it's been a mix. Like, you know, it's been word of mouth or it's been like, you know, somebody some, somebody refers somebody or it's been like headhunters. We've tried a lot of things, Indeed ads. We've tried all kinds of things and people come from the strangest places. Like I think some of our, you know, some of our top employees weren't from the industry. It kind of just approached us <laughs> to work here and it was yeah. just timing. It was like, just like when we connected with YYC Real Estate, like yeah. it was just timing that worked out perfectly for both of us. Yeah, timing so says, is key. There's luck to it. Like people say there isn't or like, oh, you make your own luck. Yeah, okay, working hard matters. Mm-hmm. Persistence and diligence matters. But honestly, I could walk out of the building right now and get hit by a car and it'll be the end of the game. Yeah. It's like a game <laughs> over will flash across the screen. So there is luck, guys. Like there really is. And just like, you know, our connection, like our, like our combination was pure timing, just yeah, like random did, timing. Like that was... That was like last year. No, we, we were talking about it for like a year and then we told you we were leaving. To, we were looking uh, to leave, yeah. We were looking to leave. It was last February. Yeah, it was like right before COVID. Yeah, yeah. I felt. And at that time, we wanted to start up a secondary brokerage um, because we were being hassled by the real estate board about how we operate. And we were like, we don't even need you. Like, mm-hmm. we don't do sales. Yeah, yeah. So we'll <laughs> set up a second brokerage where people can do sales. And ta-da, you guys need to do sales. That, that's crazy how it timed out then. <laughs> it for just you. works. Yeah, exactly. It just works. That's how things, I see it all the time. Yeah. Like, you got to work, you got to put in the work, you got to be diligent, but you got to have a little bit of luck for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, when I called you and I was like, yeah, we're leaving and you guys didn't have a real estate division yet. And I was like, oh, we're thinking about joining... Um, like a smaller... 
Asian brokerage. The smaller Asian <laughs> bro- I don't want to say their name. Yeah. But you you reamed me out there. Yeah. Well, you're like, what the... You're I didn't like, want to be associated there. Yeah. It's not, I was like, come on, man. Our business is based on... The fees are ref- low. Yeah, the fees were low. Our business is based on referral base. Yeah. Like, it doesn't really matter. We can hang but, out with our own Asians. Yeah. <laughs> this, this, I can tell you this, honestly, and it's not about it being an Asian brokerage. Yeah. It's about the quality. So you guys have brought a certain standard of quality to how you brand yourselves, how yeah. you market yourselves. And that branding is aligned with our branding. Yeah. We've had a lot of realtors in the past be like, oh, can I join your brokerage? Because they're not happy with whatever brokerage they're at. And we're like, no. Yeah, yeah. And still to this day, <laughs> yeah. we're, we're not here to just add realtors because we want fees. Yeah. We want people who are going to understand that we have a certain brand we're trying to maintain. Mm-hmm. We've seen that you guys have maintained that type of branding. And mm-hmm. that's why we combined with YYC Real Estate. Mm-hmm. Like That's why you asked me why uh, you know a certain realtor you were speaking to this week <laughs> isn't a part of our brokerage, even though they work with us. And yeah. I told you, they don't meet that requirement they don't meet that there's a sp- certain brand that we built in this city mm-hmm, yeah. like you know we're starting to become fairly recognized mm-hmm. and we want to maintain that with the realtors we partner with mm-hmm. brand and culture well i that's think that's something thing. we were talking about dave where you know there's some realtors there wanting to join and and like partner and i'm like well let, let's just slow down here like mm-hmm. let's move over and like we don't want anyone just to right because like it is a headache and it you, you want to actually be um what I learned is like you want to be around people that bring you up too, right? Yeah. Not like people that are, you know what I mean, right? With like realtors, other realtors, right? Yeah. When I when I look at the the Remax or like a large brokerage standard, like you got to look. Okay, I have 100, 200, 300, 400 realtors. Okay, like 10 percent of those realtors are gonna be a straight pain in the ass. Yeah. Like yeah. they're gonna not file their documents. They're gonna cause you all this trouble at Rika. Yeah. For what? Their 10 percent of their fees are nothing to you. Yeah. yeah. But because of that's your brokerage model, you're gonna take on all these guys. Like it's just not worth it for us. Like mm-hmm. we have a stabilized business in commercial. We have a stabilized building business in condo. We have a reasonable fund business. Like we, we are not gonna do this just for fees. We're gonna do this with the people who you know fit in our brand, fit in our culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. Now. That Happy you that we like, fit that. <laughs> yeah. Well, now it fits us too because we offer full service, right? Yeah. And Which that's what is, we've been wanting to do. Yeah. Because it's like the business is there and a lot of agents don't do what we do. And I find that like our service is is different from a lot of agents. Like the agents are just doing the deals. They close it and, and it's done. Like yeah. they, they don't build a relationship yeah. with them. The, the service is not ongoing. Like even after a deal is done, we still have a conversation with the clients because it's not just about the business. It's about the relationship with the client. Yeah. And like that's how we get the, a, a lot of referrals and also the retention from the business as well because it's not just a transactional deal. Yeah, and that's, that's the reason I recommended you. Like some of our staff had sold through you guys yeah. and I told them, I'm like, you need to use Jason yeah. and you know, and you come in the door, you explain to them that they're asking too little for their property. You push them the list for more mm-hmm. and you got them more, yeah. right? Like yeah. we saw it happen. Yeah. He, you know, any AB realtor would just be like, okay, you want to list for 20 grand less than everybody else? You go ahead. It'll be a quicker sale for me and I can move on to the next deal. That's, yeah. that's the mindset and that yeah. doesn't work for us. Right? Yeah. That's never been, it's like always, always represent the client to yeah. like the best, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, man, it, it's been it's been crazy so far. <laughs> well, we actually just moved over, like the full team yeah. moved over a couple. October first, yeah, for me. yeah. October first for you. I just moved over a couple of days, and yeah, we already closed our first deal with you guys. So, <laughs> yeah, um, we got our deposit check. <laughs> <laughs> you should have not told me what you told me. Stress me out, man. It's all good. <laughs> um, question about uh, partners. You obviously have a lot of partners. How 
how is it working with partners? How do you deal with working with partners? Because I know me and Dave had our struggle in the beginning. Yeah. In the beginning, like how do you how did you maneuver through that with like and you're still partners with these people, right? Um, so a lot of uh, a lot of the joint venture partners we have like we have multiple deals with these people. Um, you know, it's at this point at, at one point when we were trying to build the business, we would have partnered with anybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like now, later on, now that we've gotten a lot bigger, we we're really selective. Like we used to send out our deals to a mailing list and, you know, people would inquire and we would do deals with them. And like it's like I, like I'm not even doing that anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, like we need to be selective about our clients. We need to be selective about our partners. We need to be selective about how we spend our time because realistically, like time is greater than money. Mm-hmm. Everyone says time is money. They're, they're off. They're uh, math is totally off. Mm-hmm. Time is greater than money because you can buy time. You can try to buy time, but you're only going to get so many years, mm-hmm. so many hours. Everyone's only getting their 12 hours a day or whatever they can manage to work with before they have to pass out and go to sleep. Mm-hmm. Like we have only so much time. So you mm-hmm. need to focus on the highest value for your time. Like it's hard to do. Mm-hmm. It's hard to say no. Um, like lately, like in the last two weeks, I've said no to three to three new clients. Mm-hmm. It's like, nope, this like the margin's not here for us to do this. And like, we need to be more selective about who we work with because our model is very, t- like there's a lot of staff here. We have the most staff of any management company per door in Calgary. Mm-hmm. So like our overhead for our structure is is a lot heavier than any of our competition. Like you can go into anybody's office and be like, how many doors do you manage? How many people do you have? Less than Equium, guaranteed. <laughs> and and because we have such a high you know overhead for that staff mm-hmm. we make that up by providing additional services like you know construction project management that kind of thing and so if it's a you know a smaller corp it just as we don't fit them mm-hmm. and then we have all these clients that don't understand that we're trying to do a commercial type you know management model they're so used to how it used to be mm-hmm. and so we don't get on the same page and then there's all this like conflict between us and them and it, it doesn't make sense so it's like we're trying to be more selective so we can and we want to be more clear about what we provide, how we provide it. So a lot of times, you know, like board, like we have a, a I think an 11 unit board that's paying us, you know, a, a, a very large fee for a construction project management. And it's, you know, 10 times their management fee. But at the end of the day, we found them those savings within the project by redesigning it, by tendering it properly. Mm. So at the end of the day, it didn't come out of their pocket, even though they're cutting the check. We saved them that, we mm-hmm. saved them 19K and they're paying mm-hmm. us like 12. Mm-hmm. So like getting their head uh, around the fact that yes you're paying us 10 times your management <laughs> fee for this project yeah you have to remember we found those savings and we run that project for you differently we're mm-hmm. not just leaving you out there doing it yourself mm-hmm. and we found you the money to pay us through better processes through better tendering through commercial infrastructure through our relationships in the industry mm-hmm. like we found that that's the same thing with that other client where we found the two grand a month on their management contract for one of their vendors it was an industry contact mm-hmm. You know, I was somebody I've been working with for 15 plus years. I was like, hey, we need to look at this contract line by line and find these guys some savings. They're they're paying too much and it's pointless to have you guys there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you guys earned it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like we, we, like I'll, I review, like we get, you know, our, our main contact line gets about 800 to 1,000 emails a day. I'll look over a lot of those Holy emails. Yeah. Like I will review them because I want to make sure that we're trying, even with this volume of doors, people that we're trying to maintain a certain level of like service like we're trying everything we can to maintain the service I sw- do you read every single email <laughs> I, I, do read, I swear to god you read every single email i man. do read a large volume of like them. you have no idea dave yeah like he when when i was working with you 
I, like even an email I missed to respond to, you would catch that. Mm-hmm. It was like a week later, and I was like, "What the fuck is happening?" <laughs> I'm telling you, I but like, did. yeah, he read like, yeah, you read every single email. I, I feel that's you got to though. Yeah. it's your biz, right? Your I can biz. read fast. Yeah, though. you have yeah. no idea. Yeah. Do you read a lot of books then too? No, I don't. I don't actually. Oh. That's uh, that's one thing I'd like to take on a little bit more, like maybe some physical activity and some reading. <laughs> great. Yeah, I, need to, I definitely need to look at uh, a little bit more. Um, you know personal development it's not work development i feel like we're always working on Mm -hmm. and so like maybe i need to focus a little bit more on personal development for sure like Mm -hmm. nobody's perfect um we make mistakes but for sure it's been very focused on the business for sure i have a good book for you (laughs) i'm reading it right now it's called the shortness of life by seneca oh yeah it's all about time yeah and and how like time is the most valuable asset and like it is uh, this is like back in like ancient rome times right so it's like about like philosophy on time and how like everybody will spend all this time squandered doing like stupid stuff but then at the end of the day like when they start getting sick or something like that that's when they they start appreciating time Mm -hmm. but it's like time is always there and you're always always losing time but the thing is that no one's really paying attention to it unless like you're really aware of it so it's actually pretty good what's it called it's called the shortness of uh shortness of life shortness of life yeah it's really good it's very true so true like i see a lot of people like no offense to a lot of the people i know or my friends like following sports following sports teams oh, it's yeah. so yeah. Yeah. engrossing it. to follow yeah. the raptors and the flames and the jays i love it but i, I force myself to not pay attention yeah. unless yeah. in the playoffs then i'm like okay yeah i'm gonna spend some time on this now <laughs> and you can call me a bandwagon fan all you want i got other things to do yeah like this is like 160 game season for the jays like yeah. are you kidding that's how i feel that's exactly it's how crazy I feel. when i was in grade seven i watched like every single game that was on tv like so it's a big difference like i got yeah. stuff to deliver now. it's yeah. different as you get older too because i find that you're so perfect. busy yeah. and then like time really eludes you mm-hmm. like time goes by so fast you want to spend time with your friends your work your family uh your kids like you have to make time for all that stuff and you and in order to do that you need to cut out some of the the well, riffraff you know yeah. one really nice thing that's happened is i work with a lot of my friends so uh-huh. like i get some time with my friends yeah. at work yeah, which yeah. has worked out okay um but yeah like the, it, it is tough you want to carve out time like we spent I want to say four or five weekends in Banff in the last few months because we're kind of not allowed to go to BC and mm-hmm. there's nowhere going else out of the country. So we spent a lot of time in Alberta mm-hmm. and, you know, we carved out a few weekends, like four or five in the last few months, and it's been good. Mm-hmm. Get away for a weekend and you're still kind of working there a little bit, but it's not the same as being here. Like we're in the office or working seven days a week, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Next question I have is a lot of people are struggling right now during recession and a lot of people in Calgary are are like so negative about the market and you you've seemed to grow really fast during the recession any advice that you can give to people that are like how how did you change your mindset to grow uh in a recession versus like people right now in that negative mindset in all honesty we grew through every recession Mm -hmm. so like i remember we were buying property in 09 in 08 we were buying property in 15 and it's not easy, but you're just trying to, you're trying to, you know, stabilize and figure it out because it's easy to buy when the market's going up. Yeah. And that's also oh, easy. Yeah. And yeah. it's, it, it's actually the wrong strategy, yeah, right? Yeah. You buy it's when the it's worst. going up, yeah. Yeah. but yeah. It, it, it is easy to do it. And, you know, we like to, we, what we like to think about is how to do things differently. Mm-hmm. So like when we were buying property, you know, we were one of the first legal suites in Calgary. 
we did one, I think we were number 100. Mm. And we have like 3% market share of all the legal suites in town. So I, that, remember, I remember doing that with you. You were, you, you're like, we got to get that sticker. Yeah. And it was like, I was like, what is all this? Yeah, no it's, one like was, a, it's like a certification. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So I, you know, we worked, I worked with the city on that program. Like, um, you know, and they interviewed me for it when they hit 1,000 legal suites. Yeah. Mm. Um, but it, it, that, the whole strategy behind that, and we did it in multifamily as well, was a strategy to, okay, we can find a cash flowing asset in Calgary that, okay, even if the market goes down, it still pays for itself. So all of our suited properties still cash flow mm-hmm. today, mm-hmm. right? Like how much does rent come down? Yeah. Yeah. And like yeah. they still cash flow, which is, which is the reason we did it. It was a defensive strategy. But like everything we do is just a little bit different. And that's my recommendation is like to find, uh, we do condo differently. We do commercial differently. Like this building that we're sitting in mm-hmm. is over 50 years old, yet it's won multiple environmental awards. BOMA 360, BOMA Best, BOMA Earth. It's the only asset this old, potentially in Canada, mm-hmm. that has all three of those. Crazy. And so we always look to do things differently. How we manage commercials is different. How we manage condos is different from the industry. How we did those suites is different from the industry. How our fund operates is different from the industry. And so... It you sounds know, like you're like always evolving with the times. If right? you want to do stuff like everyone else, yeah. you end up average and mediocre and you're going to get average and mediocre returns. That's mm-hmm. just how it goes, right? Mm-hmm. So we're trying our heart out to find better ways to do things, better mm-hmm. ways to do things all the time. Like our condo that we deliver today, our condo management model we deliver today is not the same as it was in 2017. It's mm-hmm. not. And it's been refinements. Like mm-hmm. we're continually looking for refinements, looking for ways to edge out our competition. Yeah. You got to adapt with the times because, I mean, in the worst times is the, the most opportunities, too. Like, um, I got into real estate in 2015, so I only know, like, the shitty market. Oh, yeah. If you have a boom, <laughs> you're going to be off the charts. Yeah. And it's been great for me. Like, yeah. every year has been growth. Yeah. And, like, this year, probably uh, a bit lit less, but it's still pretty good considering, like, how the market is, is right now. So, yeah, you guys I mean, are doing well, it's great not over. It's, it's not over yet, man. Yeah. And we... <laughs> Like two we, and a half yeah. months. To yeah, go. we. I, so, yeah. I think we're still. Yeah, we're still on on track. Yeah, like we're still on track <laughs> to meet our target. I think yeah. if we if we keep pushing, and especially now we could market with Equium, right? Yeah. So, I think yeah, like that's exactly what we've been doing is For evolving sure. to changing. You know, mm-hmm. dude, how many how many brokerages have I left? <laughs> right? I said this is gonna be the last this one. This is it because yeah, I was like, "There's." He's like, "We ain't moving again." Yeah, I'm like, "I am sick of moving." Right. But the thing is, we're designing this from the ground up, right? Yeah. The way that works for you and us. Yeah. And so instead of going into you know Remax, like I'm not taking shots at Remax at all. Yeah. It's just I'm going into an existing model mm-hmm. where I do it their way, and I just I go get my sales. But here we're able to design it around you guys mm-hmm. because it's a new model, mm-hmm. and so that's an advantage for you and for us. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it's gonna be done differently and that's kind of the only way to get ahead is mm-hmm. to do things differently like that's the thing totally. you want to you want to look at the recession work hard hope for some luck and do things differently yeah, how about yeah. that work harder for <laughs> yeah. sure. work, harder. work harder well there's a lot of people that just are like working less right because yeah. they think it is an actual recession but yeah, yeah i think uh, you put the work in you'll get it right like yeah. a lot of agents you see they're just kind of like twiddling their thumbs waiting for the business to come but they're not doing agents yet yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's the same thing like yeah they're they're used to that boom market where like this whole city is used to that boom market yeah. where things will just come to you yeah. like everybody in the city seems to be like in that programming like we need to reprogram that yeah. Yeah. like Calgary needs to be the ones that are like kicking ass mm-hmm. like you know we're we're looking at partnering with a national brand and they're coming to us because we're hitting home runs in Calgary and they're looking at us to you know talk take this model to Toronto and Vancouver and it might not be something we 
you know, actually end up doing. But, mm. we're, you know, we're in discussions. There's a lot of opportunity, but we need, Calgary people need to be the ones hitting home runs. Like, yeah. there's mm-hmm. smart young people here. Yeah. And, like, there's no more, like, you know, six-figure oil and gas jobs is lined up for you guys. Like, yeah. it's time to it's time dig to put in. in the work. Yeah, yeah, get the shovel. Let's go dig it up ourselves. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, 100%. What are some big lessons you've learned in the last couple of years? You know, like, I think that, I think that, like I mentioned about thinking that the commercial market was shut down. Like, mm-hmm. that was a mindset problem. Thinking that condo wasn't the right business mindset problem. Like, it's like... It's not taking things just the way you see them. It's actually looking into it and finding out and talking to people. Mm-hmm. I think that was a great learning uh, for us, right? Like the, the universe of commercial property that we could go after is hundreds of millions of square feet. Mm-hmm. Right? It, it is. And I, to think that the whole market was shut down was, you know, a blinder on, right? And mm-hmm. that, those are the kinds of things you need to, like I said, you know, peer groups, mentoring, mentorship. You need those people to like be like, knock on your head and be like, are you, are you thinking about this right? You think you know something, but do you actually know it? And I feel like this gen, like the current world we're in, everyone just thinks they know things. Mm-hmm. I don't know nothing about vaccines. I don't mm-hmm. know nothing about masks. I'm going to take the advice of the people that know, mm-hmm. and I'm going to try to learn stuff that's going to build my business. Because mm-hmm. people are here arguing about vaccines and masks and flat earth. Like, are you crazy? Mm-hmm. That doesn't pay me nothing. You get off Facebook and get to work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Distractions. Yeah, I, I would say like what you said, um, knowing it and having mentorship, I, I would have never thought you, you had mentors, but like a lot, I, I read a lot of books, right? And they're always mm-hmm. saying like, you do need mentors. Yeah. You do need people to help you. You do need another opinion, not just yeah. yours. Cause like I do get in my mindset too that like, yeah, I think I know everything, yeah. but I realize, yeah, you don't know shit. We right? don't know nothing. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. There's people who've done 10 times this, 100 times this, 1,000 times this, mm-hmm. done multiple businesses, multiple entries and exits. Like, they know. They've seen it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they've seen it. And even if their specific advice is not what you need, it at least gives you a different view mm-hmm. for you to refine what you're doing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. There's always room to grow. Mm-hmm. Since this is about, like, entrepreneurship, business, too, um, it seems like you've been in the business for a long time, self-employed for a long time. Any advice that you could give someone that, like, is on the brink of being self-employed or doing their own business that is too scared to? I was scared to, right? Okay. And, like, rightfully so, I guess. So, my wife, my wife's parents and my parents both started their own businesses, both went bankrupt and had a massive effect on our, both of our families. Mm-hmm. So, like, we were not in any mindset to jump out on our own. Mm-hmm. Never. <laughs> like at the like on to be completely honest with you, yeah. when I left, I probably had tripled my work income in my business, and then I was like, okay, I'm ready to go. And still, I got taxed, mm-hmm. right? So, <laughs> like you, you, you're gonna have adversity for sure. So, like, I, I don't want to tell people to just uh, you know skip the fear and go after it, uh-huh. but a lot of times when you you talk to the people who've done it, they skipped the fear and went after it, and it worked out. Mm-hmm. But what about all the people who skipped the fear and went after it and they got hit by a bus? Like mm-hmm. honestly, like there yeah. there is risk there, mm-hmm. and like you know the way that we did it to feel comfortable was to have that you know multiple line business. We had the management, we had the commissions, we had the rental cash flows. We had a few different lines, mm-hmm. a few different types of income, so we felt comfortable making the move. Mm-hmm. We also had multiple times our income in that business, so it was like okay now it's time to do it but like yeah like build contingency you know test market Mm -hmm. do an mvp do a smaller version of the product a smaller version of the business on the side like these are all things you can do to do it 
in a stepwise manner rather than okay, I'm going to jump ship, bend, <laughs> going to rent a whole bunch of office space, hire a bunch of people, and blow up. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it just <laughs> it's a lot of risk. Yeah. Like, uh, it's funny that I'm talking about risk. Like we have a company, we started, <laughs> we jumped ship. We've yeah. always taken risk, but even I have like risks have to be calculated, have to be prudent, have to like like always. People are like oh, you can just advertise and build and invest, and it's like it's not so simple. No, when the, the payroll comes out every two weeks, guys, yeah. that's yeah. the real world. Yeah, yeah. The other thing too that you were saying is that you actually had a plan coming into mm-hmm. it, and that kind of all got thrown out, but you still had a plan in place. And I think that a lot of people they go into business without a plan. Yeah, they just I, wing it. Mm-hmm. I was working on this plan, this specific plan, to leave in 2014 years in advance. <laughs> and like it just got refined and refined and refined and refined. And finally, it was like, okay, I'm comfortable to do this. And I still got nailed. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, yeah. So you never see what's coming. But you need those. Like if everything's easy, everyone would do it, right? Mm-hmm. Like the, you need, there's going to be barriers. There's going to be obstacles. There's gonna be, otherwise, just go to work. Yeah. It's easier for somebody to just cut you a check for <laughs> yeah. your time, dude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then also you were saying that you had a contingency too. Like one of my business partners, he always says you always have to plan for the exit as well too because going into it is easy, but you also need to know how to get out of it if, if anything hits the fan. So mm-hmm. you yeah, always have contingencies. There was always the opportunity. Like it's a vi- pro- commercial property management is a super stable industry. So mm-hmm. I was always like, like I said, my mentor was like, what are you going to do? Not be able to find a job. So it's true. Like even in COVID, there's mm-hmm. still people being hired in our industry. There's still jobs in our industry because the buildings still need to be managed. Yeah. Like people are still looking after the heat. It's winter time in Calgary. Somebody's got to maintain the building, the heat, the cleaning. Like the, we need co- we need COVID process for people to use these elevators. Like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so, management never changed. Like and I noticed that over multiple recessions, and that's why we like this business more than anything. Dude, it's recession proof. Yeah. You say that. <laughs> I, have, I haven't seen an issue yet. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. like, who whoever planned for COVID? Yeah. Yeah. Right. What, what was that like for you guys? Like managing all the buildings and then having to plan for all the COVID stuff that was going on, all the protocol and whatnot. Yeah. So uh, like uh, the funny, the, it, it was a very interesting. Ex- like experience <laughs> so like all of the management staff and admin staff and even senior management staff worked from home mm-hmm. then so like, they, they were all working here working from home no but before they were all yeah, work, yeah, yeah. everyone was at an office yeah. like we have a downtown office then we have satellite offices at other buildings and you just renovated this office too right uh we did a little we did a little paint like our uh, we uh, we have another tenant we share the space with and oh. so they did a big reno and so yeah. we were like we were looking a little shabby, so yeah. we had to clean up. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, so, so yeah, a lot, a lot of our staff work at the building. So, like, we have staff at the office at Guardian, staff at the office at University City, staff at all the b- different buildings. So, um, they, they were in those condo buildings yeah. working in-house. Yeah, and, oh, there's, okay. uh, there's offices for them in these buildings. And so the first thing we had to recognize is, okay, so some of our staff are actually deemed, you know, frontline. They're not on the shutdown because they maintain the heating of the building, right? Mm-hmm. So they're for, so we had to get them PPE and we had to get them, you know, process and like get them away from people while still maintaining the building, but they stayed. Mm-hmm. So those frontline people worked through, we got them PPE, we got them all the support we could with process and everything else. And then everybody else worked for What's PPE? Uh, PPE, personal protective equipment. Oh. Like face shields, oh, masks, okay, okay. gloves, hand sanitizer. Mm-hmm. And we were buying sanitizer by the pound. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so so we, had to, we had to work on all this while we weren't in the office. So it was, it was a, a new dimension of difficulty. And we also had to support our commercial tenants by helping them fill out the secret applications. Mm-hmm. So like when you go for commercial rent subsidy, 
it's the landlord that actually puts that application in, not the tenant. Mm -hmm. So like it, that's how the government had it structured. So we like our commercial staff were working on these secret applications, trying to keep these guys afloat. We're trying to maintain the PPE. We're trying to run Jesus. everybody from outside. Yeah. So there was definitely some service delivery. Like some of our condo boards were a little bit miffed about how the delivery went, but it's like, you know, 80% of our staff are working from home. Yeah. And so like the productivity is different. Like some people had challenges, like people who had kids that were, you know, over five, seven, eight years old are home requiring attention. Mm -hmm. So the managers that had kids had trouble pulling mm -hmm. off and, you know, boards are ticked off about, some boards were ticked off about the service. But I think overall we delivered, we had a lot of conversations with board explaining, with boards explaining how we did it because our model was all about putting staff in the buildings. Like look at the University City example, we tripled the staffing and put people in the building. Mm -hmm. So our model across the city was putting people in the buildings. Well then COVID was like, <laughs> put less people in places, take yeah. them away. Yeah. So like we, had, like we had to be careful that, you know, our service didn't fall apart. So yeah. we got, you know, our senior management team got involved a lot in dealing with, you know, day-to-day -day issues at these buildings to try to maintain the service level. Mm -hmm. Like, we really pushed hard to try to keep it all together. You had to adapt, man. Yeah. To, to do it. Survival of the fittest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How did you get into real estate? Like, your own purchasing and stuff like that? Because, like, for me and Jason, we kind of got in early. Like, we started reading books. Yeah. The first book that we read was, like, Rich Dad, Poor Dad in high school. Yeah. That's and, a good one. And yeah. we didn't understand it, really, because we were just like, <laughs> yeah. but, like, from then on, I knew, like, I wanted to kind of get into real estate stuff. But how did you get into real estate? You know, at the end of the day, I just thought about, you know, being an econ and finance grad, I was always looking at, okay, what do I need to do? Believe it or not, what I was looking for is, what do I need to do to not have to work? Mm -hmm. Like, how much do I have to invest, <laughs> save, build to not have to work? Yeah. So, so like, you know, I had all these analysis about like, you know, I, I was investing in stock during the tech meltdown, oh. like while I was in school and like I watched my portfolio completely get destroyed. <laughs> so like I was investing in stock in the tech boom. And so, you know, I didn't like the fact that I, I saw how public companies are run and like no offense to my people in there, but at the end of the day, it's not their money. Mm -hmm. And so they don't run it the same way. Like you wouldn't, you know, we buy secondhand laptops. Like we still do. Like mm -hmm. we buy refurb laptops, wipe them and install, you know, Windows and Office through a third party. Like w if you're at Shell, you don't do that. You buy a $2,000 laptop. I buy a $400 laptop. Mm -hmm. You know, in a lot of companies, these people have office phones and cell phones. So like I just saw all this. There's a lot of corporate waste mm -hmm. that happens in these big companies. When you own Shaw, Telus, all these companies, you're paying for that corporate waste as an investor. Mm -hmm. I didn't like that. So, you know, I, I was like, okay, there was all these things I was looking at. I was... You know, I had a license to import diamonds. So I had a diamond import business. A lot of, there's a few people in Calgary that have engagement rings for me. Um, so we had a whole bunch of different things that we were doing. But we were, like, at the end of the day, the goal was to find the right thing to build a portfolio so you didn't have to work. That mm -hmm. was the plan in my early 20s. Mm -hmm. And so, okay, so we settled on real estate. So I bought my first rental. You know, it was an off-market deal. I saw the market taking off. I'm like, I'm buying one. You know, I, I got something that went up in value, like 80 grand, mm -hmm. which is like double my starting salary out of university yeah. in like six months. So I was like, I'm sold. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> flip that, bought three more. That's how I got it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah flip bought. Uh, you thought you were a super, so oh, you thought yeah. you were some sort of superhero. Yeah. Until you get hit with the market. That was the lesson of the lesson, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. When you look at all the assets we bought during this crazy buying spree in 06, 07, uh -huh. the stuff that didn't like, the only reason that we didn't get completely wiped out 
was we had the stuff that cash flowed. Mm-hmm. And cash then we went, so then we went on the, the route of cash flow. Mm-hmm. So we went after sweets. Mm-hmm. So again, the second downturn mm-hmm. survived because of the cash flow. Yeah. So the lesson that was learned in 07 saved us in 14, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I think it's just about doing it. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that, like, I was just talking to one of our employees and I told her, I'm like, you need to buy a place, get a tenant in your basement in a legal suite. Yeah. You need to refi that property. She's like, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not doing any of that. I'm like, listen, this is the way you build wealth. Mm-hmm. Like, this is the only, the, the, with, when you start with nothing, yeah. which is what we started with, no joke, nothing, 16 mm-hmm. grand mm-hmm. Um, that I saved up while I was working in university. Like, when you start with zero, mm-hmm. like, this is one way that is actually effective to make it work. Mm-hmm. Now that we're a lot bigger, I, I, like, I'm not really into re- acquiring real estate. I feel like there's opportunities in investing in our business that will bring a higher ROI. Mm-hmm. But until I got to this level of business, I couldn't beat the ROI from buying an individual property and refining it and renoing it. Mm-hmm. I couldn't beat it. We were mm-hmm. doing like 30, 40 points a year in rentals, right? <laughs> like you can't beat that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like what you were saying before because your background's in econ finance and like the the money that you put into a stock market, it's like that's all the money you put in. You put in 10 grand, it's 10 grand worth of money. But with real estate, you can actually leverage it with the bank. You, If you have 10 grand, you can maybe buy a $100,000 property with 10% down. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's not very many um, investments that you could put uh, down that um, you can leverage the bank. Well, yeah. the thing I like about real estate the most is that, you know, that whole refi play. Mm-hmm. Cause realistically there's a lot of properties I own that I don't have any money in. Mm-hmm. Like I got all my money out. I got a, I got a, a small apartment building that I got all my money out in a year. Mm-hmm. I got a bunch of suites that I got all my money out mm-hmm. and like that you can't replicate. Yeah. Like if you're actively engaged in the management of the, your, your rental, and the act with a plan to renovate, with a plan to you know up the value of this property mm-hmm. in like a short time frame, and then refinance. Mm-hmm. Y- it's not possible to beat. Mm-hmm. There's no way. Yeah. And now, now we're looking at you know private equity, small acquisitions of you know uh, you know another company. Maybe we could see a return at that level and that that's at a much larger scale. But that's that's was the best thing I could come up with for years. <laughs> yeah. And the thing too is that like, it's tangible. Like you can touch it, you can feel it, you can see it, you can renovate exactly. it, you can upgrade yeah. it. You can go there if yeah. there's a problem. Yeah, exactly. Right? You can't do that with your stocks. No. It's sitting some digital network yeah. in the New York, you know. Yeah, so you it's have like, no idea if Shell bought Duvernay for too much money in 06 and yeah. now Duvernay's buying back all the pieces for like <laughs> 10 cents on the dollar, right? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. And the most important thing, cash flow is king. Mm-hmm. Cash flow for sure. Yeah. It's The thing about rentals is it's a tough business like it really is it's mm-hmm. you know you put a bunch of money in you look after this thing your tenants could trash it then you're putting more money in you know your property manager might be kind of absent and then you, you're following up with them you, you know you got months of vacancy it's not easy mm-hmm. but like, don't get me wrong it is real work mm-hmm. but like again when you're starting with zero or very small dollars it gives you the opportunity to do big things yeah and and it's long term Mm-hmm. I think it's uh, something where people... That's can, another thing. Yeah, yeah. Like Very it's, true. Yeah. If like, somebody gets scared about their Telestock, yeah. they sell it yeah. immediately. Like nothing yeah. happened. Like, yeah. well, I bought it at the top and now Telus is tanking, so I'm going to sell it. So these mistakes are harder to make in real estate because yeah. yeah. it, it's very slow to transact. Yeah. And it, it's expensive to transact. You got to pay realtors. You got to pay lawyers. You got to pay the, the to break the mortgage. So mm-hmm. all these costs stop you from making bad decisions and mm-hmm. just selling on a whim, yeah. which people do. They just click and they sell their Telus shares. It's yeah, like... Yeah. You know, it went down twenty percent. It's gonna recover. Yeah. It, tell us, it's not going to zero anytime soon, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it's, what to- it's totally a lot, and that's what I realized too. Um, and I tell everyone, uh-huh. like, when they're always concerned with the market right now, I'm like, it's only been about five years. Okay, mm-hmm. where do you guys see it 
happening in 20, 25 years, right? I think the I think it's going to go up in at least 20 years, 15 years, right? So maybe <laughs> <laughs> you never know. It depends when you buy. Yeah, it's a very tough to to make a call. But the way that we found real value in real estate is like buy stuff that you can you know revalue the property. Like I look at stuff that where we have like corner lots in Ogden and corner lots in uh, Highland Park and uh, corner lots in Glamorgan and I look at how much they've gone up in value because of the land. Mm-hmm. So like, don't just buy anything, like be strategic. Like, mm-hmm. okay, I wanna buy this corner lot in Ogden, kind of near the green line that you can rezone to RCG, mm-hmm. that's got a house that I can renovate and get some money out in the rental. There's like, there's so many layers to this game. Um, and when you start to look at what people have done, like, you know, you look at like a king set where they've taken a hotel and converted to an apartment building mm-hmm. and like those kinds of, like those plays are happening all the time at different levels. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're looking for. If you're just going to buy a house in Silverado, which I own, so don't, <laughs> I've owned it for 13 years. It hasn't gone up in value $1 yeah. because you can buy that same style of house from Shane Holmes in a different neighborhood for the same price yeah. I paid 13 years ago. Brand new. There's no, yeah, yeah. there's no you got to be more in the city too though, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, want, yeah. you want land that yeah. has some value, right? Like yeah. we like Highland Park. We like Ogden. We Like if I was buying, those are the areas I'd focus on. Mm-hmm. So where was the first property that you purchased then? Abbeydale, baby. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, have, I have at least 20, 20 plus doors in Abbeydale today. Yeah. For sure. They're good, though, in those areas because even though there's not a lot of appreciation, you always get constant renters. This and they're just paying down the mortgage. I, I've had, good cash flow. I have had, I bet you, maybe a month of vacancy every five doors mm-hmm. in the last five years like it's the if you're if you have some aggressive leasing you can get them filled and you, yeah they just pay down pay down pay down pay down but at the end of the day if you look at the tax structuring of how real estate works you know the pay down is marginal tax when you sell mm-hmm. whereas if you if your property appreciates like in the inner city it's capital gains yeah. so it's taxed at half mm-hmm. so even even the taxation is focus is better is better for you when you buy property that appreciates rather than just cash flows. Mm-hmm. So like it's it, there's a lot of strategy around it for sure. Yeah, exactly. There's so many loopholes and benefits and stuff like that being a, an owner of uh, real estate and the landlord. So that's why we got into it. Like yeah. I I my background's actually in engineering. Oh yeah, yeah. We talked about this. Yeah, yeah. So like, and I first got into real estate when I was like 18, and I was just managing all my parents' stuff. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to get into my first real estate, like in, uh, uh, when I was like 20. And then like, I was, was like, that was pretty sweet. How do you could just make a quick buck, uh, after holding on to it for a certain amount of time. But then it's like, you have to know what you're doing and you have to be really like focused on that and, and also passionate about it too. So well, yeah. you have to like real estate, I feel to, yeah. to stay in, in real it. estate. Right. Yeah. Um, it's funny. And I think that's what sets the part is like, we're actually in real estate right? mm-hmm. yeah versus yes. like a lot of agents you know just yeah. buy and sell right so that's what yeah when we when we were talking to university city on our first pitch and they were like why do you guys want to do this what do you do i'm like look we've been we grew up in real estate yeah. like uh-huh. right out of university i was buying rentals i was buying condos i was managing commercial like i've been in this game from day one <laughs> yeah. of yeah. my of my career yeah. and i've never yeah. done anything else yeah that's funny did yeah. you play a lot of monopoly as a kid actually i win in monopoly all the time Shame, yeah 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 Yo, we had to get a game going me, right? and my, me and my sisters used to just play monopoly all the time me and my daughter <laughs> play monopoly deal every night really every yeah. night i come that's home hilarious. and she, she walks up she's like do, have, do we have time for deal I'm like yeah let's go <laughs> you should play cash 
Cash Flow 101, the Rich Dad Poor Dad game. Oh, we, really? We have it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. We'll yeah, play it here one yeah. day. It's we'll actually play right real, here. It's on really good. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's more like uh, re- like real life situations. Yeah. Like it has like the market cards. So See, you can get fucked Monopoly by the is actually supposed to be a critique of capitalism, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because there's like a scarcity of the number of houses you can buy and scarcity of the number of properties and money. Everything runs out and everybody bankrupt. Like everyone yeah. bankrupts except one person. It's supposed to be a critique of capitalism. Mm. But I love Monopoly. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I, Monopoly. I play all. I'll play anytime. <laughs> we got to get a game here. Yeah. yeah. Cash Flow 101. If you love Monopoly, Cash Flow 101 is like I'll have a game to try to play. It we'll have to play with them. Yeah. yeah. Just before we end this, we I like to say Navaz. Navaz? Navaz. David's can... got it. He's known me all of like 12 months. You and me have been working together for like five years. <laughs> still can't do it. Jesus. Navaz. There you go. Navaz. Uh, is there anything like you want to say just before we had any any last words of advice or anything you want to say uh, just to end end uh, the podcast? Anything on your in your space or anything about business, personal life, anything? I don't know. I, I like I say the same thing. Like people will hear me who talk to me. Like it's about the grind. At mm-hmm. the end of the day, for us and for people who are going to hit it, there's not a lot of people that are hitting home runs out there. You got to you, you you know you got to play the short game, mm-hmm. and you just keep winning every day. You keep putting in the work every day. Mm-hmm. That's the only way you'll see results. Like I see too many people who put in the work for a month or six months or whatever. Put in the work for ten years mm-hmm. and tell me it didn't work out right. Like that <laughs> that's what it takes. Yeah. So what 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 does the grind mean to you? What like I said, work every day, seven a.m. to eleven p.m. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Hey, that, remember, I still need like seven, eight hours of sleep. There's still people working way more than me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you definitely do have a work ethic that uh, it's like it makes me want to work more too, yeah. right? Um, it definitely like pushes, I think, the people around you to work more because you got to be working the most if you're the owner of the company, right? So you have to inspire the people by just putting in the work. Yeah. And that's something that I, I've seen in you is like you don't really talk about it you just you just work right you're gonna work yeah, yeah. yeah lead by example yeah exactly i don't mind working like i like i don't know what anyone's aversion to it is like what else are you gonna do mm-hmm. yeah right like you can like there's a lot of there's a lot of fun you can do within work within the conference work like we well, can watch sports man <laughs> yeah that's the only thing i'm not getting a lot of falling on the flames yeah it sucks. <laughs> no like like i said like now a few of my friends work here so like we even get time to hang out with your buddies at work. So that's that's the like, way it should be, yeah. though, right? Yeah. Restructure your world. Work-life yeah. balance. Yeah. All right. Well, you heard it from Novaz. Put in the grind. Yeah. Um, so how can they find you? Like, uh, like websites? Everywhere. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook. I'm on everywhere. Like, people reach out to me all the time. Like, I had a realtor from Edmonton reach out to me, say, hey, do you have time for a chat next week? I'm like, yeah, sure. Like I said, I make time. Like, you never know where these conversations are going to lead. I, we did not know we were going to get into this condo business until, you know, a lawyer referred somebody to have coffee with us about insurance. Yeah. And they were like, well, this is your business. This is what you do well. You, you know, we're looking for a new condo manager. You mm-hmm. should talk to us. That's, That's literally how that went. That's crazy. It was just like a coffee that somebody said, oh, you guys should chat. Mm-hmm. And so, like, you know, you got to be open for these meetings. You got to talk to people. You got to see what other people are doing to be able to improve your game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, one, one last question before I forgot to ask. What does Equiob even mean? <laughs> I so, didn't even, yeah, I was so, thinking about that. Yeah, I was like, what, what, what the hell? What is Equiob? You said you started in 2011. I'm yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So when, when we were coming up with the name, like we were, you know, we were buying real estate for ourselves as rentals and redeveloping it and like looking to buy land. And it was all about like building up equity in these properties, right? So it was like building equity over a continuum. 
So it's Equium. Oh. What? what I didn't, building uh, equity over continuum. So Equium. Con- building equity continuously. Yeah. Is what you, Pretty yeah, much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. That's cool. Got it. Merge. Equium. Equium. I like that. Cool. And we'll end it at that. Was. Thanks, guys. Thanks. That was an awesome podcast. Thanks, Noah. Ooh. It was an hour 20 minutes. Jesus. See? Awesome. He said it was <laughs> I got work to do, man. Yeah. Oh.